Welcome to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. I'm Rachel, and this podcast is where you'll find the space to clear your head and calm your heart. I'm so glad you're here. Make yourself at home. Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of the Untangling Life Podcast. I'm Rachel, and I want to thank you for listening in today. I feel like I must begin with an apology for the two-month unintentional hiatus. (laughs) As some of you know, my husband and I launched a new product, 31 Days of Prayers for the Heart Prayer Cards. And wow, the retail season of fourth quarter captured all of our attention. I dropped the podcast, sort of like a hot potato, and I have nothing to offer but my apologies for that. Needless to say, I'm thrilled that so many of you listened to episode 17 on learning to pray with women of the Bible. It's been just a bit, and I want to continue the series, but before we do, let's take a little review of what we have been learning so far. Episode 13 of the Untangling Life podcast was an introduction to this series. I reviewed six women in the Bible and their influence on our prayer lives. In episode 14, Deborah's prayer life grabbed our attention with the principle that consistent prayer yields strength and confidence unlike anything else. Then in episode 15, Hannah taught us that humble prayer from our deepest places of pain transforms our hearts, and then God transforms our circumstances. In episode 16, we learned from Esther, and she taught us that prayer aligns our hearts with God's sovereignty, providing the courage to face any outcome. Then in episode 17, Mary, the mother of Jesus, taught us that believing God will keep his promises fuels a stronger prayer life. And I can only say amen to that statement. Mary's example of taking God at his word and holding on to his promises, it is incredibly inspiring for us today. And if you missed episode 17, you missed the miraculous personal story that I shared of God's promise and provision for our family. So be sure to go back and listen. That little review takes us to today, and today's episode is on the Canaanite woman. Now, I want to read Matthew 15, 21 to 28 to you, because the play-by-play of this story is so important. I think it's easy to read the Bible sometimes and forget to pay attention to the details. I am a details kind of girl. Trust me, I ask my husband. I drive him crazy with that, probably. So let's read it one time without pausing, and then go back and grab the details. The chapter subtitle for this section in my NIV Bible says, The Faith of a Canaanite Woman. Matthew fifteen twenty one to 28 Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. 
Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. I am so excited to dive into this woman's faith today. We don't know her name, but we do know where she was from. A lesser than place, a small Gentile town that had heard about Jesus, but had not seen much of Jesus. But she came crying out after Jesus, and I believe she was loud. She was desperate. We have several exclamation points throughout this passage in the conversation where she speaks, and she was loud because she was desperate. You know, she begs Jesus to have mercy, and then she shares her need. The Bible says her daughter was demon-possessed and suffering terribly. My heart beats in sync with this woman as I picture her begging Jesus to shower her daughter with mercy through the power she is convinced he possessed. Her mama's heart's broken and in total despair. She knew that the control this demon had over her daughter was beyond human power. And I know she had already tried everything she possibly could. I can picture her desperation Maybe you can too, because your life consists of a child who is ill, uh, a young adult who is wayward and away from God. And the desperation of this woman is because her daughter is demon-possessed. We don't know the type of possession that held over this daughter. Perhaps it was a seizure disorder. Perhaps it was a physical disease that was manifesting itself. Perhaps it was mental illness. We don't know what type of demon had possessed her daughter, but we know that she's at her wit's end, and she has heard about this Jesus who is able to heal, who has power over the body. By faith, she stands here, before him, crying out after him. And in verse 23 of Matthew 15, it says, Jesus didn't answer a word. I don't know about you, but there have been a lot of times in my life where like this woman, I came before the Lord and I longed for an answer. I longed for healing. I longed for an immediate resolution to the issue, whatever it was at hand. And I felt like, God wasn't answering me. I've never heard a pastor preach on this particular phrase where it says Jesus did not answer a word. It would seem that by not answering, he is pushing her off. But instead, he is drawing her in. He is asking her without words to consider her faith, to consider where she is in this moment And how much does she believe that the Lord has the power to heal her daughter in a moment? I believe Jesus not only didn't answer her immediately for her own good, but he also used this as a learning experience for the disciples. And I think it's very important for us to remember as we go about our prayer lives that God is working in ways that we can't imagine. And he is working simultaneously, not only in our lives, but in the lives of other people. And our story may be the very thing that God uses to teach someone else a lesson that they would have never learned otherwise. It's our example 
that God is using in their life. And without the problems or the circumstances that we undergo, we wouldn't have that opportunity to be a light, to be a story, to be a help to someone else. It is God's glorious masterpiece all working together. And this is how Jesus was working in this pause in this moment. And so the disciples take it upon them in this moment to do the talking for Jesus. They come to him and urge him, send her away. She keeps crying out after us. <laughs> I love that this woman was not giving up. She obviously continued to push them and continued to hover around them and ask questions because of the way the disciples are responding here. They say she keeps crying out and her persistence is very visible. It's very audible. It's very evident. Jesus, in response to them, says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. And you have to think about this in context. The hierarchy of society rested spiritually on the people of Israel. So for the first time ever, Jesus was bringing in the way of grace to the Gentile nations. And as he stood before this woman and stood by his disciples, he's making a statement. It's almost as if he's saying, haven't you been with me long enough to know that I am here for every single soul on the planet? And I wish I could have been there to see the look on Jesus' face as he said to the disciples, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Like the tone of his voice, I wonder if there was sarcasm dripping from it, perhaps. Regardless, the woman, the Canaanite woman full of faith, was not turned off either by Jesus refusing to answer her immediately neither by the disciples treating her poorly and asking Jesus to to send her away. I mean, even if she didn't hear them say that, she obviously saw them. She was present. And instead, she came and knelt before Jesus and gave us one of the most beautiful prayers in the Bible. Three words, just three words, Lord help me, she said. <laughs> I just get so emotional about this prayer because I have been there so many times in my life where all I could get out was, Lord, help me. And there's an exclamation point in this sentence. We know her desperation. Her daughter was demon-possessed and suffering she was tired of seeing the suffering. She was bound and determined to do something about it, but she had exhausted all of her own abilities and resources. And as she stands before Jesus, the one who has the power over this demon, the one she's heard can raise the dead, the one she's heard has healed the blind, the one she's heard has healed the lame and given hearing to the deaf. She kneels before him and says, God, I need you. Help me. And listen to his answer. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. 
my husband and I lead a small group and we studied this passage in same story, but in the book of Mark, we talked about the implication of Jesus statement. It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. What does that really mean? What was he saying there? At this time in society, the location of where you ate your food was an indicator of who you were considered to be. You know, in American culture, when we want someone to know they are loved and welcomed at our table, we set out a place setting for them. And maybe if we're feeling a little fancy, we'll create place cards with their names and calligraphy. You see, in Jesus' day, there was also a hierarchy of seating. And the Canaanite woman knew she was not a part of the table. She most likely ate her scraps in the back corner of a kitchen or dusty shack. She may have even lived on the streets. But no matter where she considered her place to be, she was well aware of where others considered her place to be. And Jesus is questioning her place in society with the statement. I mean, he broke the rules by talking to her in the first place. But here he is essentially saying, I can't give the food designated to the children sitting at the table to be given to the dogs under the table. And her response back to Jesus is quick. She says in return, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She is saying, every living thing has a right to food. I need you to throw me a bone, Jesus. She's saying, I know that you have in your possession an incredible banquet of power and love. Your love and magnificence is a feast of grandeur, Jesus. But can you just drop me a few crumbs of your power? Because that's all it would take to heal my girl. You see, Jesus is looking for a heart that is willing to talk it out, that is willing to change, that is willing to believe that he is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. Faith was so great that Jesus' response is, woman, you have a great faith. Your daughter's been healed. And she was healed that instant, the scripture says, at that moment. How many of us want to experience that instantaneous healing, but we aren't willing to talk it out with Jesus? We aren't willing to consider his promises, to consider his word as we pray, and to lift our eyes to the banquet of power that he has, recognizing that all we need in our life is the exercise of faith of a few crumbs. A few crumbs are enough. Jesus loves to hear his children pray. He loves to hear us talk it out because as we talk it out, things change. Our heart changes. Our mind changes. We are renewed by the Spirit as we pray, just as the Canaanite woman was. Some of you have heard me share different pieces and parts of our family's story in regards to my daughter Taylor and her special needs and her journey. I have to admit, as I read this passage, I experience just a twinge of jealousy with the Canaanite woman because her daughter was healed in that moment. A part of me would have loved to experience incredible healing like that for her precious Taylor on this earth. But instead, we have a glorious healing in heaven. And who knows what awaits for us. I just can't even imagine how God is going to reveal to us the story that affected thousands upon thousands of people 
Just as Jesus did not answer the Canaanite woman immediately, neither did I receive the answer that I had longed for here on this earth. But just as Jesus was teaching the disciples in this moment of prayer and not answering the woman's prayer immediately, so have many others been encouraged to come to know Christ as a result of our prayer not being answered the way that we wanted it to be with our daughter. The purpose of the prayer is not necessarily to get the answers that we want, but is to understand that Jesus is the answer. And that is what this Canaanite woman knew beyond the shadow of a doubt. She knew that Jesus was the answer for healing. I want to encourage you today that if you're praying for a prayer request that you do not see getting answered, do not stop praying. Jesus loves to hear his children talk it out. And you don't know how your heart is going to be experiencing change as you walk through whatever it is that you're walking through, regardless of the circumstance or situation. Be persistent in prayer And I can testify to you that what happens is your heart undergoes a change and therefore your prayer requests undergo change as well. Transformation by the power of God in you. It's okay to ask the Lord to throw you a bone. I get it. Oh, do I ever get it. But know that God wants to do more than change your situation or circumstances. He wants to change your heart. I think there are a lot of prayers that when we get to heaven, we'll look back and say, boy, I'm glad Jesus didn't answer that prayer. That's not what I would have wanted anyway. There is a prayer that always works. It's the same prayer that the Canaanite woman prayed, Lord, help me. And that, my friends, is today's thread of hope. Thought I would close today's podcast with a prayer for when I can't understand God's plan. Dear Father, today was one of those days, you know the ones, when life just doesn't make sense, when the world seems so unfair, because it is unfair. We need you, Lord. I need you. I need you to wrap your arms around me and help me understand that it's a good thing I don't understand everything. How can I possibly comprehend your plan of intricacy and detail for the entire world? You are God, and I am not. You spoke the world into existence. You shaped humans from dust, and only you can create beauty from ashes. May I anticipate the exquisite work of your hands to transform my nothing into your everything. Amen. Each episode of Untangling Life concludes with a segment called On My Desk. If you long to develop a close relationship with the Lord so that you can remember He keeps His promises, then 31 Days of Prayers for the Heart will meet you in your hardest moments to clear your head and calm your heart. For this segment, you'll find 31 Days of Prayers for Your Heart on my desk, a prayer card set and display stand that beautify your heart and your home. Also on my desk is 31 Days of Praying the Psalms prayer cards and the Praying the Psalms Bible Reading Plan and Journal. If sorrow grips your heart and finding words to pray is difficult, then echoing the grieving prayers from the Psalms will be sure to bring comfort and peace. This set includes a prayer for brokenness, a prayer for sleepless nights, and a prayer in desperation, 
and more. Thanks so much for listening today. Until next time, God sees you and knows your need. Thank you for listening to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to subscribe. For show notes and free resources, visit rachelwojo.com. See you again soon. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kainos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word Kainos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.